0: In episode 555 with Melissa Kupch, we are diving deep into the world of homeopathy. She is sharing what it is, what it can help with, and the ultimate must-haves for every home, plus so much more. The Melissa Ambrosini Show. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide, Comparisonitis and Time Magic. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating I'm so excited about this episode because I love homeopathy and I have been using it for over 10 years. And for those of you that have never heard of homeopathy, get ready for your mind to be blown. And if you have never heard of Melissa Kupch, she is a qualified homeopathic practitioner with a keen interest in women's and children's health, as well as natural fertility. She is also known for her work in bringing the power to heal back into the home transforming lives and overcoming past traumas with homeopathy. Yes, you can do that with homeopathy. Now, she graduated from Endeavour College of Natural Medicine in 2015 and since completed a Bachelor of Science with Honours in Homeopathy. She is a wealth of knowledge and she is so dedicated to helping her clients address their health concerns and boost fertility to achieve healthy pregnancies and so much more. Now, for everything that we mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 555. Now, let's bring on the incredible Melissa Kupch. Melissa, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. First off, incredible name, and I want to hear what you had for breakfast this morning oh
1: my goodness, I had tomato stew. It doesn't sound that good. It is so good. My husband makes all these different vegetable stews, but yes, last night was tomato.
0: Oh, I love it. You had that for breakfast?
1: I had that for breakfast. So did my boys.
0: Yep. Everybody, tomato stew, big bowl. Yum. So good. So good. Well, I am so excited you're here because I have your beautiful homeopathic kit in front of me, You sent me this, I think when I was pregnant, over three years ago now. So firstly, thank you for sending me that. I have been a huge fan of homeopathics for a very long time. I have been using them in my house. I use them with my daughter. But before we dive into that, I want you to take us back. Tell us your origin story. What was the pivotal moment or was there a pivotal moment that you had with homeopathics that made you go, wow this is something that I want to devote my life to.
1: Yeah, for sure. So it started really with my sister, chronically sick in and out of hospital with this really complex condition. Doctors had been investigating really her case for a good six, seven years. Our dad's a medical doctor, so you know he'd had his hand in it trying his best. I was studying to be a naturopath, always loved the natural route. We had done Chinese medicine, herbs, Grounding, meditation, prayer. At this point, she couldn't even work a job. So her bladder had gone completely incontinent. So, I mean, she was really sick. And I used to have this university lecturer, and he used to say to me in my naturopathic course, he's like, Oh, you'd love homeopathy, you know? And I'd never heard of it. And so every time he said it, I would fob him off. Like you sort of sometimes just assume that if anything was any good, you would have heard of it before. And one day he said it to me, she was in hospital for the umpteenth time. And I just said, look, if you can cure my sister's chronic condition, then I'll change my degree next week. And he met with her and it was just unbelievable. I could not believe it. You know, he sat down with her for 90 minutes. He took her full case history. He wanted to know all of the physical, the mental and emotional things about her and her history. He gave her this Bottle of drops. He said, take this twice a day under the tongue. And it's all new to us. So I'm thinking, what are we doing? And it was unbelievable. The physical changes within 24 hours. And she just never was hospitalized again. She just broke out of that constant cycle. And so then after that, you know, I had to come good on my word. But I started researching after that. And what I found was that homeopathy, to me, it's just the holy grail of healing. I couldn't believe it. You know, these days people talk about frequency and how you can heal and homeopathy is sort of the epitome of using nature's frequencies to heal our chronic diseases. So
0: that's where I came from. Wow. Okay. So what is homeopathy? How does it actually work? Because I know some people may have heard of it but how does it work? And I want to then ask you, like, what can we use it for? Is it everything?
1: Mm, mm -hmm. So what is it? It's an energetic system of medicine. So we take from nature all these different substances. So let's say Arnica, it's one of the best known homeopathic remedies. So you go to the Arnica Montana plant, you just sort of get a little bit of it in the pharmacy. They will then dilute it and succuss it, so under really strict conditions. And what they're trying to do is elicit the frequency from the arnica. Get rid of any of the toxic components from the plants that we use. Some of them start off as like quite toxic if people were to ingest them, like belladonna, say. But once you dilute and succuss, what you're left with is the frequency. Now, when you take that under the tongue, the body recognizes the frequency. And what you're really triggering with homeopathy is the vital force. So this is pretty much the energetic blueprint, the divine wisdom. When you think at the moment of conception, the sperm reaches the egg and under the microscope, you see the blast of light. They call it the zinc spark. They say it's the moment that the soul enters the body, but it's energy that goes forward to grow this baby out of nothing. Now it has its own intelligence and it's really got a bit of a blueprint about it, about How to knit together the eyeballs, the spinal cord, and it's just very innately wise. Now, when we're born, that vital force never leaves us. You get a cut on your arm, that vital force amps up, right? We need to heal over here. It sends all the clotting platelets. It's just so intelligent. Now, when you trigger that intelligent force, if it's slightly out of whack and it needs a bit of encouragement to get the healing going, this is how we heal chronic conditions. So, some people have had eczema forever in a day, asthma, hay fever, allergies, chronic fatigue, you know, all of these things. They're a bit of a distortion in the vital force. So, when you can stimulate that with a frequency, pretty much you light up all the energy within your body to heal itself. So, the whole idea of homeopathy is strengthening the vital force to heal itself. It has remarkable capacity to do so. But most of us over our life, you know, we suppress a lot of things, even the mental and emotional, which is one of the most toxic sort of processes. You know, before disease, a lot of people have got a lot of stress, a lot of trauma, and it's on a cellular level that it causes all these distortions. Next thing you know, the pathology follows. So it's like, you know, where energy goes, all of that. So that's how homeopathy is. It it really triggers that self-healing mechanism. A lot of toxic emotions can come out when people take the right remedy and the physical changes come really quickly. So really, out of all of the systems of medicine, it's most like acupuncture because in acupuncture, you're putting the needles in to stimulate that flow of energy. But in homeopathy, you're just ingesting the frequency And it lights up the whole energy fields to get that healing. So that's really how it works. And as for what can you use it for? As you said, anything. We see everything from acutes, fevers, teething, colds, flus, and then, you know, to the other end of the spectrum where it is these really chronic, you know, endometriosis. And when you look at these sort of disease patterns with it being energetic in the nature of the roots of it it really takes, you know, with endo, it's like you can go to a doctor and, you know, you can have it all cut out. But what tends to happen is these things just come back. Why? Because the energetic blueprint is continuing. We've not addressed the root cause. And that is your body's in this state of overgrowth and overproliferation. The same goes for cancer. You know, when it comes down family lines, What it is is that we've got an energetic blueprint that's slightly out of control, and we need to tap that back into balance and get the body, you know, just to relax and just really recalibrate
0: itself. What I'm hearing, it sounds like it's almost like a Ferrari to good health, you know, instead of like walking, like, you know, you walk to your destination, this is like the Ferrari. It helps you get there quicker. Is that right?
1: Mm, mm, Absolutely. And I mean, In some ways, I would say a lot of people are actually not aware of the really subconscious, you know, energetic patterns, even that trauma, you know, that you can inherit down family lines that just has nothing to do with the person. So let's say I'm working with a child and this child has got really bad anxiety or depression. And we look up their family lines and we can say, yes, this is a familial issue. You look at the grandparents maybe, and they're living in a bunker In Lebanon, you know, during a war, and we're wondering why the grandchild is so anxious, even though there was nothing in that child's lifetime that could have really constituted this level of trauma. The homeopathy comes in and it allows the body to release that from, you know, really a deep cellular level that a child, and I mean, most adults find it really hard to access these layers of themselves. So, what I find with homeopathy is that it really is like ready or not, this is just going to come up to the surface and you're actually going to transmute that energy out. Because, like you, you know, I know people who have been working on themselves really diligently. I mean, getting up every morning, an hour of meditation and really working to get their life, you know, really on track, let go of all of their limiting beliefs, all of these things. But a lot of the time, it's just so deep on that real energetic subconscious cellular level. And it is very obvious when they take homeopathics, because it just, you know, it just really comes up. And that's, people can be in talk therapy sometimes, you know, for 20 years. I've got a lot of patients, for example, say a history of sexual abuse. And it's like, they've been talking about it. They're trying to get it all up. You know, I want to forget, but sometimes it's re-traumatizing to talk about it over and over. Then they come to me, they get this medicine, drops under the tongue, And out comes this rage, you know, that's just like, yeah, I can't believe this happened. And then within a couple of months, it's completely lifted this thing that's plagued them so badly for their whole life. So that's the power of energy and that's the power of the body to turf it out when it's mirrored
0: up with a similar frequency. I love it, babe. So I first started using them about 10 years ago when I met my husband because he had a whole kit for his son. So my stepson, who's now 18. So he had a whole kit for him. And I was like, this is interesting. Tell me more. And he would give him homeopathy for his asthma. He had really bad asthma. And so he would give him homeopathy. So that's when I kind of really dove into it 10 years ago. And since having my daughter, this is what she has grown up on. Like she hasn't grown up on antibiotics or anything like that. This is what we've used for her teething and for sleep support when she's going through teething and things like that. And literally this morning, she's a little bit irritable at the moment. And I'm like, what's going on? And the first thing I always think is teeth, okay? So I looked in her mouth and she's got one of her two and a half year old molars right at the back breaking through right now. That would explain the irritability. That would explain her sleep has been a bit off. She's a bit more defiant. She's a bit more clingy to mama, you know, all these things. And so I turned straight to your kit and I got the chamomile out and I put that on. I did a few drops under her tongue. But I want to talk to you about the difference between the little sugar circles and the drops. What are the difference? What's better? Can you explain the difference? And some people might be like, well, I don't want sugar. So can you talk about that?
1: Sure. So the little sugar pillules, they have got the tiniest amount of the liquid stock around the outside because homeopathy is a frequency it's really a nanodose so if you were to put you know two drops of that liquid into a glass of water shake that around a bit and look at that under the microscope what happens to those water molecules water is very intelligent and it it has like this molecular mimicry sort of thing going on so when you look at water under the influence of frequency so if you look at camomilla under the microscope it's going to look very different to pulsatilla belladonna arsenicum album the frequency changes the water the same goes if you were to add those pillules because there is a frequency coated on the tiniest little bit of those pillules the body recognizes it and really we know if you break down the human body to the smallest you know subatomic particles what do you get at the lowest level it's humming vibrational energy all these electrons are just you know sparking around Even in mainstream newspapers these days, they're saying, yep, scientists have confirmed we live in a vibrational universe. Everything is, you know, vibrational and energetic. So now they're supporting, you know, what we're saying. So it makes sense that even for the human body, we are going to use a vibration to get it back on track.
0: Oh, I love this so much. So is the liquid or are the little pileals more powerful? Same, same. A dose is a dose.
1: So you do have different potencies. You can get stronger potencies, but by and large, especially in a first aid condition, you know, if you're treating gastro or a flu or something like that, any first aid kit that you get is going to be epic, like all of those potencies, because you're also dosing quite frequently. But as a homeopath, if I'm treating something like asthma, it's very important that I get the right strength because you need the medicine to be strong enough to stimulate that healing response. If the frequency is not you know, strong enough, it doesn't penetrate the vital force deep enough, you don't get that full curative sort of healing response.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So can you just buy one from you and then you just read the label and you take it? Or do you think you need to have a consultation to get the exact right dosage for you?
1: So definitely at home in our kits. So it comes with a reference booklet. So people can read through when they're sick, they've got their symptoms and then it's like, okay, right. You know, teething. These are my two best options. Which one do I think fits best? You can pick that and dose at home. I am all about empowering parents to learn and understand. And what we're doing is really raising a new generation of children. Like when your daughter grows up, it'll be the first thing she reaches for her family and she'll know these remedies because she would have taken them her whole life. So this is how like knowledge is passed down and like real healing. This is where a a health revolution really starts is in the home, parents who get it themselves. So that, you know, I completely trust people to do all of that first aid, acutes at home. And then, you know, some people will research like their complex health things. So maybe I just had a, a message yesterday And it was somebody who had severe reactions on the fingers. It was like this hardcore peeling eczema, like really gnarly. And it stuck around for a long time. And she just, this is a 16 year old girl who got the kit bought for her by her auntie for Christmas. And she's going through and she's read through and she gets out this remedy called Rustox, which we use for a lot of allergic, you know, itchy skin conditions. If you've got chicken pox, any blisters, all that super helpful, gets rid of the itch, the inflammation there. And this girl, you know, the auntie sent me photos of her hands and it healed up her hands perfectly. So sometimes at home, you know, some of the more chronic things, people will nail it themselves. I encourage people to learn and research. But sometimes you really need the brain of a homeopath because there are so many homeopathic remedies that we're choosing from. You've got to really match the right remedy for the person's condition. And this is where, you know, I take 90 minutes mapping somebody's mental health, their physical health, their family's history, because I need to understand what is the energy in your body doing? Why do we have a disease state in front of us? You know, what's the true root of this? So when it is a difficult one, you do really need a homeopath.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you have too much? Like, can you overdose on this? Because it's a frequency,
1: your body's really either going to recognize and find resonance with it and mount a healing response, or generally it will do nothing. Now, you don't want to be taking a remedy for no reason, you know, for like six months on end every day because, you know, you're still ingesting a frequency and it's not really conclusive as to whether, you know, it could cause any sort of disruption to your energy. But, you know, that's so, so rare. Homeopathy would be the safest, you know, modality above all, I would almost say, considering the power of it, the fact that it's a frequency means we can't overwhelm your liver. It's not a toxic burden. I mean, even supplements and herbs, people should be really mindful, you know, of what you're taking and why. You can easily throw out your biochemistry, just buying things off the shelf. But the, you know, the homeopathics, you really do not have any of those worries. Ah, that is
0: so good to hear. So you spoke about homeopathics being great for endo, things like PCOS, I'm sure. Let's talk about fertility. So can it support women getting pregnant and then during pregnancy and then postpartum? Because you sent me mine when I was pregnant and I used them the day that I gave birth and then I used them after. And I've run out of those ones and I cannot remember the names of the two that I would have used during that time but I've run out of them because I used them all at that time. So talk to us about how homeopathics can support us through that fertility journey, pregnancy, and birth. And I just wanted to say one other thing. So this morning, talking about, you know, we're training our children. This morning, she literally said to me, Bambi, that's my, my daughter, she pointed to her tooth and she goes, Mama, homeopathics. Mama, home. like that's what she said. She goes, Mama, homeopathics she knows, you know, like it's just so amazing.
1: Mm, absolutely. And actually parents report that a lot. They're like the kids want it. And I almost think that sort of divine intelligence in them knows like that's going to make me feel better. Mom, go and get that. And the, the sugar pills, that, that doesn't hurt either. That really helps with compliance with kids, right? Because you can't really get herbs into a kid if they're really struggling. It's like, this is just such a good alternative when kids are young, newborns, all of that phase. So my career actually exploded around fertility. I did a few public trials where I was using a protocol to try and get people pregnant. Now, a lot of people have a history of being on the pill, even if it was for one year, two years. For some people, it's 10 years. Some people, it's 20 years. We need to really undo that level of suppression. So when we really shut down the reproductive system Even when you stop taking that drug, that delicate balance of hormones often does not return. And so that cervical mucus can be, you know, not as adequate, just the perfect cascade of hormones. So we need to stimulate that again. So we can use, you know, homeopathic estrogen, for example, to get the body going. Because when you mirror the body with that frequency, it really, you know, ups the ante. And I can give that remedy, so it's called folliculinum, to a woman who's trying to conceive. And she can tell me even five days later, if that's around her ovulation window, it can only take, you know, five days. And she says, oh my gosh, the amount of mucus I've got, my sex drive, like what, how could it be, you know, acting so fast? And a lot of women say, you know, I don't even remember being a teenager. I forgot what it was like, because as we get older, we sort of sometimes forget what normal healthy periods and cycles should be like. And then it's also for that overall hormone balance. If the woman, you know, has heavy, painful, clotted periods, we would pick remedies specifically and tailor it for her to work on that hormone balance and get her most fertile self. Another thing that I see is that for a lot of women these days, stress is obviously a massive factor in almost every woman's life. It's just sort of crippling to the vital force. So really addressing that, addressing any of the energy that's distorted in her body. So if that's like a chronic fatigue feeling, you know, even if she had glandular fever when she was in high school, that is important to me as a homeopath because I want to clear any remnants of that dormant viral load because often that's what's contributing to people's, you know, chronic fatigue or, and so you really want to map the whole patient whether they've got a history of, you know, a lot of drug use, a lot of toxicity, if they're addicted to things, it's it's really just to get them in their most healthy state. And then the same goes for men. We want to trigger their vital force because a strong, robust man is going to make better, healthy quality sperm. And, you know, it's just he might tell me, okay, I've got asthma, I had eczema when I was young. And so I start to work on his whole vital force. So yes, my goal is to get your sperm healthier, but you know, asthma, you know, heals first. The body doesn't pick and choose. Okay, well, I'm just going to power up and start making better sperm. It's like, I need to get healthier from the inside out. And that includes every aspect. So men get better across the board when they're working on their fertility. Women, we do target it a little bit more towards the hormones because it's just so much easier to get pregnant when we've really worked on that hormonal balance. So. Yeah, with that, when I originally started working in fertility, I did a few public trials. And then the second one, we had six nurses from the same hospital in Brisbane just sign up and they were all pregnant within four months. And then from there, it just sort of went worldwide crazy. But homeopathy is brilliant for fertility. And fertility is an area that these days people are really struggling. It's like our toxic overload. It's multifaceted. But homeopathy offers a solution often even if people have tried multiple rounds of IVF, your vital force can heal you. So it's just about activating that self-healing power within you to retain a pregnancy. So once you are pregnant, you absolutely can use homeopathy to support you without. So homeopathy is safe for babies, toddlers, adults, elderly, pets, literally every living thing. There are some farmers internationally who use homeopathy on their crops. And I mean, these are like double-blinded studies. Like this is all, it's amazing because plants grow, you know, just like us. It's like energy that feeds them so we can stimulate that. So during pregnancy, it's just a wonderful thing to have in your toolkit. Leading into birth, the remedy you would have had was colophyllum. This can help with long, strong, effectual contractions. So it's pretty much just trying to tone the uterus, get ready for birth. And then after, usually it's arnica, that soft tissue healing. And when you look under the microscope, so they've done these studies where they've got a petri dish with human tissue in each, they will put arnica into one of the petri dishes. And what they see when they compare it, and they'll do nothing to the other one, when they compare the healing, the arnica-influenced human tissue starts to have all of these healing properties like just explode. So it's all of the macrophages, the white blood cells, all of that you know, starts to up the ante in this, like one under the influence of Arnica. So the pathological changes, even though we're talking about frequency, which for a lot of people is kind of new. And when I very first heard about it, like everyone, I thought, oh, okay, did not think it would be hard hitting medicine. But when you research and you find out that, you know, only 100 years ago in the US, there were over 100 homeopathic hospitals all across there, dedicated purely to homeopathy. So during, you know, their pandemics of the day, you've got scarlet fever, Spanish flu, cholera, these hardcore things that were wiping out so many people. You've got a hospital where the mortality rates that are documented from there were far better than that of the mainstream at the time. The comparison, like it doesn't compare, and that's all documented evidence. So then J.D. Rockefeller, sort of the father of pharmaceutical medicine he sort of starts to donate to these universities and he says, well, on one condition, you can have these millions if you stop teaching homeopathy here. Meanwhile, Rockefeller, he had three private homeopaths for his own family. So it's all of just the political backstory, age old story, but what we're seeing now is a real rise to the truth. It's like people are realizing, whoa, this is something that was so great that really was so stifled. It's a wonder it didn't burn out, right? You know, and the fire didn't really extinguish. But yeah, people are really catching on the last couple of years more than ever. And we've just been selling kits around the world and people are just amazed. We've just got an army of people who now want to study it because that's where it really starts. If we had as many homeopaths as we had doctors, the world would transform. How long does it take
0: to study? Is it four years?
1: Two years if it's just homeopathy. So if you come with a good working background, just of anatomy and physiology, so you wouldn't have to be, you know, have a bachelor in any of those, but like if you were a nurse or something, you go, it would just take two years and you would be able to treat everything under the sun. It's really all you're learning is just the remedy pictures, what heals what, and then just case taking. But once you can marry them up,
0: that's it. Yeah, they don't want us to know this information and they don't want us to be the healers in our own home, but we have to take back the power and we have to become the healers in our home because no one cares as much as you care about you and your children. No one. So we have to take back that power. But I'd love to hear, have there been any amazing cases? Maybe it was people trying with IVF for years or anything even more serious than that. And they've started homeopathy and it's shifted. What have been like your most wow cases? So one
1: that really sticks with me, I was working in Brisbane and a woman had called the clinic and I wasn't taking new patients because I was booked up nearly six months in advance. She's like, no, please, I really need to see Melissa. And so the clinic girl said, look, she really wants to come in. I said, okay, I'll stay back, get her to come in. That's fine. So she comes in and she'd been let go by her fertility clinic because they said, look, you're not releasing eggs. There is no way that you're going to be able to conceive. And we're not going to take your money anymore because it's not fair. I'm sorry. There's just no way. So she goes home and she starts researching, you know, natural ways to ovulate. She finds something about homeopathy. She finds me and she's like, oh my gosh, we're only a couple of suburbs over. I've got to come and see you. And so I took her case and, you know, like towards the end of it, I said, look, I can't see any reason why we're not going to be able to achieve this pregnancy. I mean, I've taken enough cases to know when there's something, a very obvious block, I can be quite realistic and I can give you hope if I think there is. And there absolutely is. And then she started crying and she said to me, like, you don't think I'm too old? And I, I like looked down at her notes and I'm like checking. And I was like, cause she didn't look very old. And I was like, well, how are you one of these secret people? Who's like 45, you know, but looks like she's 30. I went through and I said, you're 37 years old. Yeah, that's fine. You're not too old. And a long story short, within three months, they were pregnant. They've got their baby boy, their absolute miracle that they were just told, you know, this just will never happen for you. And, you know, you have to acknowledge that in Australia, hardly anybody gets let go from a fertility clinic. They will run 20 rounds of IVF on you. I've had patients who've done 20 rounds back to back. They very rarely would let somebody go saying, you've got no hope. And so that's where I would say to people, don't give up. Your body has a remarkable capacity to heal. And what I found with this woman is that it was just that her vital force needed strengthening. She was chronically fatigued, chronically stressed. It just wasn't able to hold and sustain a pregnancy. But she's a mom and, you know, she's a very holistic mum now, very passionate and got their gorgeous boy. And so There's so many stories like that where people just thought, oh, this is never going to happen to me. Most people, by the time they find a homeopath, they've tried everything else. It's sort of this age old joke, tried everything else, try homeopathy. But you can only imagine the success we would have if we were the first port of call. I say to my dad, oh my gosh, I wish you could refer to me because, you know, if we saw people first, they wouldn't sort of muddy the waters with all of this suppression and the toxic drugs. They make my job harder. And then we see people later, but even so, like no matter where you are, what you've done, how dire you think it is. I have seen miracles in homeopathy. When your energy is recalibrated, your mind really gets renewed with it as well. You let go of a lot of junk. And that's what I love about working in that fertility sphere is that women are about to be launched into the postpartum. If you can deal with some of your trauma and get yourself recalibrated prior, well, what a gift. I didn't do that before I had my boys. And so postpartum was where I was like, oh, I need a homeopath. Let me work on this and recalibrate myself. But to do it prior is just so beautiful. And the energy that you then pass on to your child is,
0: yeah, profound. Absolutely. So let's talk about homeopathy for mamas or women in general. I'm only speaking from me because I am a mama. You spoke about it supporting with stress, trauma, things like that. What are three to five homeopathic products that you would love to see in every home for the mama and then maybe for kids as well, for the, you know, the teething, the tummy pain, the colds, all of that? I'd love like a couple of recommendations that we can have in our home kit. I think the number one postpartum remedy
1: that any homeopath prescribes is called sepia. So it is a remedy that's good for hormone balance. Obviously, that sort of contributes to why as women in the postpartum, sometimes we do struggle. But the keynote picture, when you open up our textbooks, which were written a good, you know, 200 years ago, but all of the information, it has not changed because health doesn't change. The truth doesn't change. We don't alter our textbooks constantly. It's like, this is what the sepia woman looks like when she's out of balance. Now you read through that and it's like this real irritability. She can be so overwhelmed, so exhausted that she looks at her child and her husband and she's like, logically, I love you, but I do not feel any of that right now. It's your classic tapped out, burned out mom. So she's doing the mundane things every day. I'm washing, I'm doing this, but she can start to get a bit disconnected. And so you lose that sort of compassion, the connection with the husband. Libido can go to trash. Thyroid might start to play up. You can have things like constipation. You can have all these physical symptoms, but really it's that mental and emotional symptom of complete disconnect, lack of feeling love, lack of feeling joy. She's just totally worn out. Now you take that sepia and you really start to recalibrate that vital force. And, you know, a lot of women will say, wow, like I just feel like, wow, myself again for the first time in a long time. So that would be one for the postpartum mums then it really just depends what the mum is going through. And that's going to depend on her life and her history. You know, in the postpartum period, it's like you don't sleep as much. You're just going to be going through a lot more trials because your vital force is going to be more stretched. Like you've never been more tired. You've never been more dependent upon all this patience it takes. It's triggering. And for a lot of us, we're looking then back at our own childhood and we're dealing with our own crap while we're raising child. And it's the perfect way to do it, you know, when you've got a child because it's like, oh, why do I feel this way as a postpartum month? And you can walk through it. But a lot of the remedies, I mean, one of my favorite remedies is called carcinosin. And you often see it can come in for women in those early years where, you know, maybe there's a lot of expectation on the child, for example. So they might become a perfectionist. Maybe they've got some OCD, like type A personality things might grow up in like, let's say like a really well-to-do family or something. So she puts on herself all of this pressure. Then you're going through like high school and it's like just this constant feeling of like, I've got to do more, I've got to do better. You know, this is where often they'll get your glandular fever, your Epstein-Barr, the viral load, these sorts of things. She can end up with chronic fatigue, oftentimes gut issues. And it's just because of that restless, like overactive mind. The gut obviously does not process food as well if she was like fully relaxed. So she'll often say, I'm gluten intolerant. I'm um, very much, you know, dairy intolerant, which arguably people shouldn't be having some of these things anyway. But the carcinocin woman really feels it. Some people can eat anything and they're fine. These women are like bloat to no end. So they're very much disciplined and buff. So they'll have all of these physical symptoms. But when you get into postpartum, you can imagine if you are. An overachiever, you've done everything perfectly your whole life. You can just fall into a heat postpartum because who can do that perfectly? It's freaking exhausting. And the expectations that she'll have on herself are way higher than the average woman who can be like, oh, whatever, we're eating this for this. You know, it's just really hard. So supporting her through that with this remedy, it just can be life changing. She can let go of the standards that she's put on herself. The interesting thing about carcinocin is oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes there's a family history of cancer. So the distortion in that family's energy coming down, it makes them a little bit more prone to cancer and things like endometriosis if the body's in overdrive. It's like it's not only her mind that's in overdrive, also her body. But you can also see a real lack of boundaries. So that real people-pleasing behavior can't say no, sometimes can be a doormat for people, that lack of boundaries can also sometimes translate into the body. You know, with our cells, when we start growing cancer, it's a real lack of boundaries. We're growing tumors, skin tags. It's like over-proliferation. Now, when she takes the carcinogen, and it's the funniest thing like to witness as a practitioner, because it's this will probably happen, maybe just 50% of my patients, but it's they're just like, oh, I've quit my job. I actually hated that job, and it's been soul-destroying. And they've been the overachiever at work all this time, but they realize. I don't even like it. Why am I going to this job that I don't even like? And they start putting up these boundaries that are just good for them. And why does the vital force do that? Well, it's with the vital force. It really is intertwining the human spirit, right? That is our spirit. If we've got a wounded spirit, you might be like a people pleaser and overextend yourself constantly. When your like, spirit is more relaxed and more content in yourself, you're happy to be like, oh, actually, no, I'm not coming to that birthday party and sorry, I can't bring food. I'm really exhausted. And you can just literally just be yourself in that. And the women's lives completely change because it's vibrational in every aspect. So your relationships change because, like, the frequency that you're emitting, what you're expecting in your life, the way that family members are going to treat you, and the way that you're going to receive it, because you're at the center of all of your creation in health, but also your life. So, with your job, your vital force and your spirit is no longer, if it's healthy, it's no longer going to let you go to a soul-destroying job every day. If you do that, it's going to end up in disease, resentment. The body's just so smart. The spirit's so smart. So it starts to like bring in these things that are almost like protective mechanisms. So yeah, in the postpartum period, like carcinosin is a massive one these days. And no wonder, look at the amount of cancer that we are getting at a young age. And it's multifaceted, definitely. It's not always this level of what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's pure toxic overload but often this is the, the contributing factor is our traumas. So in the postpartum, I would always just encourage women to like press into, you know, let's say you're experiencing like real rage postpartum or real depression or sadness, pressing into like, where is the root here? Like in what way have I never felt enough? What is it like throughout my life where I got disconnected from my own self? Now, identifying the trauma is one thing, you know, when you're aware of like, oh, I can see how this energy got going. I can see how I got into this pattern. I can see why I'm a people pleaser and I want everyone to love me. But it's another thing to actually really get it under control and really realize that you can sink into yourself and just, you know, really relaxing. So, yeah, it's really individualized those ones postpartum. But as for kids, if you were to pick, let's say, five remedies for kids that are just a uh, you really want in the home, I'd go Belladonna with fevers. Even though fevers are a good healing response, it's productive, and we do not want to suppress it with Panadol, Tylenol, any of that. Sometimes kids are really uncomfortable. It's like painful. They're red flushed. Maybe they can't sleep. And as a mom, whenever my boys run fevers, even though I'm really a hands-off mom, I really don't run for my kit very often. I'm, oh, you'll be right. Your immune system's got this. The symptoms usually are the healing response, but when they're really out of sorts or they're really burning up, I love to give them something just so that I know, right? I'm just powering up your body a bit. Often then they'll just fall asleep comfortably. They'll rest, relax, wake up. Often The fever's broken. So belladonna is a brilliant one. Aconite is another remedy that we use at the onset of any illness. So any acute illness. So if you can feel the flu, you know, you get that prickly feeling like, oh man, I'm getting sick. I'm going to get the flu. So you take aconite immediately or you start to get that like itchy throat, whatever it is. Aconite is for the first inflammatory stages of an illness. So you can really nip it in the bud if you jump on it quick. It's like you mount up that energetic response in your body and it repels that sickness from coming on. So belladonna aconite, chamomilla, I don't know any other remedies that have converted as many mums to homeopathy as chamomilla. That real irritability, that cranky, like, hold me, don't hold me, give me that toy, and then I'm going to throw it straight away. It's that classic chamomilla picture for the teething. Then arsenicum album, food poisoning, the Queen of England, she would never travel without arsenicum album. She literally like carried that vial around with her. So the Queen's another famous one. So homeopathy is very you know, it's very well known in the monarchy. So they've got their own private homeopaths. She's gone now. But even Philip at the moment, I think, is in the newspapers because he's refusing some chemo treatment or something and he's using homeopathy. So he's a, what's it called? He like backs homeopathy over there. He's like a benefactor for it. So the royal families are into it. But the Queen of England would never travel without Arsenicum album. This is your gastro. Crampy, colic pains, food poisoning. And with homeopathy, what you'll find is okay, you've got food poisoning, right? You take the arsenicum album, it, you know, triggers a healing response. What often happens is that kid will do a power chuck, gets it all up and out like two minutes later, and then they're totally back to normal. They're just like all relaxed. And the parents are like, what the hell just happened? You know, because it's like really intense. And then it's like the body knew there was toxic crap in the gut. That's what was causing the diarrhea, that nausea, that awful feeling. Once the body's addressed it, it literally just goes back to, cool, let's go on now. Whereas you go to a doctor and you get some antiemetics, so like it stops that vomiting reflex and you get some you know, drugs to stop the diarrhea and clog it up. It's like, what have we done? You've just kept all that toxicity inside. We just can't keep going against the divine wisdom of the body. It's trying to do what it's trying to do for a reason. Then one more, if I was to pick one remedy, I would probably go hepa which is sort of considered the homeopathic antibiotic. It's just for the more infected, you know, things like boils, things where, you know, even the ear infections where you've got a lot of pus coming out, it's when you're really on the brink of a lot of parents saying like, oh, do I get antibiotics? You can try hepa first. So it's one that I would always want to keep around.
0: Thank you so much. So many great things in there. I'm sure everyone's going to go out and get them. But I just want to talk about mental health things like anxiety and depression and then supporting our children's emotional development. So let's go there. What are some of the best remedies for those sorts of things?
1: Mm. This is massive in children. And depending on whether it's just sort of like a little phase thing that we want to support them through. Like it might be that they're starting kindy, for example, and maybe they're getting a bit of separation anxiety, anticipatory anxiety in the mornings. Remedies like gelsemium, brilliant for kids, especially if they're going in, you know, for an exam at school, if your kids do go to school and they're getting really overwhelmed. If you give them gelsemium in the morning, it relaxes their spirit to the point where they can go in and take this test and not be, you know, an anxious, jittery mess and forget everything. So it's really just about supporting them through these little stages. If the child was going through big emotions or it was seeming like more of a chronic issue, I'll give you an example because I just got an email from the parent last night. But I'd been working with this little girl and she was having, so the initial issue was a lot of skin rashes we wanted to resolve. But she also had a lot of behaviors that was driving mum crazy. So she was like compulsively licking everything, putting everything in her mouth, like, and I mean literally everything, like she couldn't sit there without grabbing something and compulsively putting it in her mouth. She was doing these other behaviors like hoarding and hiding stuff and really attention seeking little behaviors. Now she would sort of go to school and then need to call mom and sort of say like, I'm sick mom. And it was all just about attention. But mom was like, I don't understand like where the root of this is because, you know, you get so much of my attention, like what's going on here. So, I'm working on the rash originally. We sort that out as sort of just an ex marie sort of looking thing. That's all healed, but the behavior continued. So, in our follow ups, I'm going through, I'm trying to get to like, where is this coming from, this behavior? And in the fifth consult, the mum says to me, her behavior actually really reminds me of my mother. And she starts crying. She's like, that's what is so scary to me because my mum is like this, but like 10 times worse. And I'm scared of what this is going to get to, you know, by that point. And I said, okay, this is interesting. Now, can you tell me everything that you can about your mum, about her behavior? Tell me what she does. She's like, well, my mom hoards too. Like she's a real genuine compulsive hoarder. The attention seeking nature, you know, she gave me all these examples of things that her mom would do. And it was very intense sort of mental and emotional distortion. And I said, right, what I am going to do is give your daughter the remedy that I would have given your grandmother if she'd come to see me. And the grandmother, it was just more pronounced, but it was very obvious, the correlation between the two, when the daughter got this remedy. So it wasn't the first remedy I gave her. It was about the fifth. We've like gone back and forth. And this is the thing with homeopathy. And I would encourage people who've been working with a homeopath. Sometimes it takes time to get to the root of what is the true root of this? You know, where did it really come from? And having given that remedy, this was simus. I just got an email last night and she said she is a completely new child. She has matured overnight. Like I'm in shock. All of the compulsive behaviors, the hiding, the sneakiness, all of that. And she's the most beautiful little girl, like all these kids are. But when you get into it, you know, a lot of these behaviors are driven by sort of unconscious energetic patterns, which we can even inherit from our parents. So if it's a chronic issue, you just talk to a homeopath because we've seen it all, you know, complex behaviors that there's no drug that you could ever have given that girl to help with the attention seeking sort of energy that she was like feeling and needing. It was just completely, she was so in it. And as we're getting older, you know, my dad at the moment as a GP, he said that like where he works, he would have almost 50% of his teenagers. On an anti anxiety or an antidepressant. It's like kids these days are not coping with life, you know? And we can sort of see all the different reasons for why that is. But we need to help these kids with more than just here's some Ritalin, here's some antidepressants, here's this, that, and the other. We're just dishing it out. And all we're doing is suppressing what is the true issue. And the true issue is almost always energetic. By all means, you know, clean up the diet first. The chemicals and biochemistry is really important. But after that, it's often trauma, energetic. You know, if you were to have come from a, you know, a home where your parents separated, sometimes that grief lodges in the human spirit and it can like make itself manifest when people get older. So yeah, with these kids, it's, yeah, really supporting them in that way. And it's interesting when you look, you know, I've had children as young as like 10 years old who just forever have thought about ending their life. It's just this, you know, they just can't explain it. They just don't want to be here. And it's like a very dark depression that has just been with them. And when you look up the family tree and you see the amount of trauma and alcoholisms and all the hallmarks of some of our homeopathic remedies that we prescribe, I can see exactly why your vital force is so off kilter. I can see why you feel this way, but it's giving them the remedies to trigger that vital force back into alignment. And then they are healing. They are like deeply mentally and emotionally healing and letting go of that. So if, p- if parents were to realize the power of homeopathy, you know, when you've got a teenager, or even if you find it when you are an adult, it's never too late to start to work on these things. But yeah, just avoiding sort of suppressing for your whole life.
0: Wow. Why do you think the kids are struggling so much? Do you think it's devices? Like, why do you think that so many kids are dealing with anxiety and depression and adults too?
1: My dad believes it is screams. He said that to me. He thinks that's the number one for these kids, just a life of comparison and disconnection. I would say, well, food for one, all the toxic chemicals are causing anxiety, definitely. A lot of these kids would be drinking, you know, a monster drink for breakfast and it's just popping up and causing inflammation in the brain. And a lot of these symptoms, they look like anxiety. And it's like, oh, bud, you're just so undernourished and like toxified, really. So you can work on those things and people can feel great. But I think the disconnection, it's really like a deep societal thing, right? Like we are not set up to thrive. This world currently is set up to just bring out the stress. And these kids are really the canaries in the coal mine of like, you know, this is not how we are meant to live. People are forgetting how to have fun. It's like, you know, especially the adults, you know, if I look around, I mean, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who that fire is lit. But if I, if you were to generalize around the world, a lot of people are just getting by. They're really surviving. It's not a matter of like having fun here. It's just all these rules and living is so heavy. But to see people come back into like the joy of living and really start to thrive, and it's that vibrational aspect again. Everything starts to come in alignment when your vibration is on a good, attractive point. People get the job that they're looking for, the relationship, and you just go up and up. But I think a lot of people, you know, in the way that we've been set up, it's like people are on the down and down sort of spiral.
0: I know we're not set up for community collaboration. We live in our boxes on our own. And it's just not conducive to thriving and joy. It's not. No, it's not. And it becomes really
1: obvious, right? When you're a postpartum mum, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like you go from at least sometimes having a job and you're seeing people every day and you're connected and you go into that sort of like, whoa, okay, I'm home with this baby a lot. And I didn't see people anywhere near as much as I used to. And it's like, I do not feel like myself. And we're just made for connection. It's so unnatural, the way that we live now. And just add on to that everything you want to add on to. The light that we're exposing ourselves to with these devices particularly, again, it's a frequency, massive effect on the body, the hormones. So light, frequency, all of it really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You've got to look at it holistically and you've got to take into consideration everything And the water and getting out in nature and sunlight and all of the things that I speak so much about on this show. But yeah, you've got to take into consideration everything. So I'd love to hear now if you had a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world, what book would you choose? And it doesn't have to be on homeopathy, it could be on anything.
1: Wow. Okay. I mean, like I'm biased, so I'm going to put a book in towards homeopathy. Because I do think, and I like fantasize about it, we're homeschooling our kids. So I said to my husband, I would love to do a curriculum for kids to actually teach them about the way that the body heals with vibration, with emotions. You know, what does it mean if you get recurrent UTIs? You know, what is that? Because in homeopathy, we know and we recognize what's going on. But if it was one book, it would be the book called Impossible Cure by Amy Lansky, and it's just a brilliant book. I don't think anybody could read that. So she was actually a NASA researcher. Her son was diagnosed with autism and she just wouldn't accept, you know, that diagnosis that there was nothing she could do. And she started to read and she found homeopathy. And then, being that she's a NASA researcher, her husband was also worked for NASA. Two brilliant minds. And Yeah, their son was healed of autism, so lost his diagnosis, but the changes that they witnessed, I mean, they really experimented because they were skeptical, but she details it and she's just got this beautiful down-to-earth way of explaining the whole thing. So it's a really easy read. It's sort of the first book they get you to read in universities about homeopathy bed. And the remedy, you know, that child took was what I was talking to you about, that carcinosin, a brilliant remedy, but that's the power of it, like so deep.
0: Mm, I love it. I'll link to that in the show notes as well as all of your amazingness. Now, I'd love to hear about how your day looks. You have three boys. I love hearing about people's morning routines. So can you talk us through a quote unquote typical day in your life, starting with your morning routine? What rituals do you do? I would love to hear from the moment you wake up to when you go to bed.
1: Okay. So at the moment is not typical because we are renovating our house. So I and my three young boys and my husband are living in a caravan and we have been for like five months. So if you can even picture that, it's just chaos. But even so, what does our day look like if we're in a house or not? Wake up, eat breakfast. We're pretty slow and pretty much as soon as possible, we'll get to the beach. So my job is let's go play with the boys. Let's exhaust them. That's just going to start our day well. So they will play, you know, at the beach, They'll swim for usually like two hours. I love getting the sun for all of us. You know, I love that for me. And then it's chill time, you know? But yeah, in terms of actual holistic rituals, I that's just sort of everything, you know, going to the beach or being outdoors in nature, like that's your prayer. That's your meditation. I'm not that intentional about my, you know, good day setup, but that is always that it just rolls it into one. So that's us.
0: And what do you do in the afternoon and evening? Like, what time do you wrap up?
1: Usually like 7.30. I feel like I'm just constantly cooking. The kids are constantly eating, but it's really just a day of, you know, say yesterday we went to the zoo and there was just a water park there and they just played in that all day. I just roll with them. Every day looks different. They come with us for a lot of errands too. You know, they're a part of, you know, if we need to get more stuff for the house to build, like the kids stick with us. And I mean, look, they sleep with us still. It's like, have you seen, I don't know if you've seen The Croods, that movie, but like they all just sort of like sleep in a pile. My husband's Aboriginal, so I like sort of it's a bit tribal, you know what I mean? We're all going to sleep together, like just like some big, and that's really how it is. So us sleeping in a caravan, some parents are like, oh my gosh, how do you survive? And I'm like, oh, even if we live in a house, we all sleep in the same room. We've got two queen beds next to each other, and it's just this sort of like free-for-all, wherever you fall is like where you'll sleep But We we're just really taking it easy, to be honest, now. I wouldn't say it was always really chill. I was pretty highly strung in some of those postpartum periods, but then I guess they're just getting to that age now with my youngest being three, that life is bliss, I would say.
0: Oh, so beautiful. So beautiful, honey. Okay, now I've got three rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Go. Okay. Okay. What is one thing that we can do today for our health?
1: Just feel things. Don't suppress it. Whatever it is you're feeling, just acknowledge and feel it.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Okay. What is one
1: thing that we can do for our wealth? Oh, get a good mindset. Again, this is about energy. Just acknowledge where you came from. It's like I came from a family where money was easy, parents were very successful. So in my mind, that was always the way. But in all my patients where they struggle, it wasn't the case. But once you correct that, all of them get going. So just work on your mind first.
0: Yes, absolutely. And what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? Oh, I think it comes
1: down to like the connection to yourself. Connect to yourself in that real, like genuine, self loving way. Everything else, all the love in the world flows out to
0: you if you've got that for yourself. Mm, so beautiful. Is there anything else that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom? Or is there something that nobody talks about that you wish everyone knew? I mean,
1: it comes to my mind because it's one thing in particular that I've seen so much in clinic and I just think, oh, if everybody knew, and this is really random and not really something you'd usually end on, but it is for all of the cases where there is abuse And the physical symptoms, you know, start to follow. So things like chronic, you know, UTIs, genitourinary symptoms, all of that. It's just such a quick fix. And I just think like every hospital, every urologist, all these people, I contemplate writing a letter because I have healed more people with just this one remedy doing that. And I think if you've had the misfortune of like having that in your life, you deserve to know that there's a fix to that trauma in your physical body. So that would be one thing if I could just like announce on a megaphone to the world, it's like if you've got trauma that's, you know, contributing to a disease state, homeopathy, it'd be your number one to look at.
0: Yes. Oh, babe, this has been so amazing and so insightful. And I'm sure everyone listening has pages and pages of notes because, I mean, I've got notes here. I've been taking notes. So I want to thank you personally for coming on, for sharing, and for all the work that you're doing in the world and for all the creations for putting out so much magic in the world. You have so many beautiful offerings. So I want to thank you for that. And I want to know how I and the listeners can give back and serve you today.
1: Oh Well, if anybody does want to actually, if they hear about it and they want to study it, we have a school launching in September. So just for anybody who's like, wow. I want to know more. Maybe you listen to this podcast and you go and you get researching and you realize, holy crap, she was for real. That's something that, you know, if anybody wants to sign up, that's incredible. Other than that, we do a lot of things on Instagram, sharing information about healing. And that's just been the absolute best. So, yeah, that's really where we do our work.
0: And your Instagram is that homeopath. And it's incredible, it's really beautiful. So, I'll link to everything in the show notes, but it is that homeopath and it is just so amazing and you're doing such incredible work. So thank you. And I'll link to everything for everyone to go and get their own kits because I highly recommend doing that. And I just want to thank you again. You are wonderful. It's been such a delight having you on and thank you for sharing all this incredible wisdom with us today.
1: Thanks, Melissa. You are just divine. I appreciate it.
0: Mm, wasn’t that amazing? Is your mind blown? Do you have pages and pages of notes like I do? Oh I love this conversation so much. I got so much out of it. I am going to be implementing so much more of this into our life. And after we recorded this, I had a session with her and so did Nick, and she is so thorough. Literally, it was an hour session for me, an hour session for Nick, and she has come up with a plan and a protocol specifically for us. And for what we are working on and what we've been through. And I just love that about homeopathy. It is so tailored to you and specific to what you want to work on. So I love that so much. So I will keep you updated on how my homeopathy journey goes, but I love it. And I'm so passionate about bringing healing back into our homes and being the healers in our homes. So I hope you got a lot out of this. And if you did, please subscribe to the show and leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts if you haven't already. And if you have left me a review, thank you so much. I'm so grateful. If you're in front of me right now, I'd give you a big squeeze. Now, please come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me what you got from this episode. I love connecting with you and I love hearing from you. So come and tell me your biggest key takeaway from this episode. I also want to know, do you use homeopathy already or is this something that you are going to start using? I would love to hear from you. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, my darling, don't forget that love is sexy. Healthy is liberating and wealthy isn't a dirty word.